I'm in heaven already. <laughs> One of my idols is coming toward me, and I have an ice cold beverage. Jeez, look at that walk. You walk like you're 42. What do you? You don't have any tight hip flexor. You, know you walk like a 42 year old. I never seen a strut you, you like know, that. You know what I thought walking over here? Yes. I thought. I'm gonna need the crying box tonight because oh, I know God. you're one of those few people. Well, don't where, give too much pressure. Oh no! But you man, you, you, you cannot help it. Oh, you're so sweet. It, no, it really. You speak in material. It just oozes out of you. And We're gonna do it again. I, I can't I believe you and I never did this. We have the same manager. Right. We you're constantly referred to. Dated the same women. Uh -huh. I, have a, I have a Dana Carvey tattoo on my neck. I know. And yet we never really sat down. Well, I look at us as like when I think of the 80s and the improv and this long journey. And then now here we are. But we weren't together in the improv, were we? Not really, but you were around. But you, you were know. in, I thought you were in San Francisco. Yeah, but I came down and bombed a lot. You're Bob Odenkirk, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Did you have Bob on this I'm show? I'm so high. No. Uh, Bob, no. I had him on real time. I would love to have him on this show. I, I I'll mean, give him a call. No, <laughs> I would go on at 8.05 on a Wednesday at the Improv and just epic bombs, just horrible bombs. You know, Bob almost killed me. I told him this when he was on. Bob Odenkirk? Yes. He literally... I was at the Aspen Comedy Festival. Did you ever do the Aspen Comedy Festival? Yes. It was, it was like every year, oddly enough, in Aspen. <laughs> yeah, that was the strange one. We did it as an SNL thing there. We had the whole... Really? Farley was sitting next to me that night, and that's where I did oh. Bert and Kirk, uh, Bert Lancaster and Kirk Douglas having sex. And then <laughs> 20 years later, I'm doing a photo shoot with, photo shoot with Bill Hader. And he goes, you know, Lauren told me I, the funniest thing he ever saw. And I go, what did Lauren say? He goes, was, was Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas as lovers? Right. And to me, I don't work blue. It was all the vernacular. It was all the rhythm of it. Well, and this is... Because I did a movie with them. Oh, you did? Yeah, Tough Guys. It, oh, right before yes, SNL. And that's where I learned I remember them. Tough. Not from Lich, Lich I Little. loved them as a kid. And in his old age, uh, Kirk Douglas used to send me lots of notes. We had lunch a couple of times. Sweet, he was a too. real fan. Yeah. They would note, and it would be in his writing, and then they would send a printed copy because his writing was not good. <laughs> well, he was, <laughs> Bert was a little, Bert was 73, and he was like, had trouble with the lines. He'd say, do I really have to say this line, you know? And Kirk would always say, I'll say his line. I like to say lines. <laughs> you go ahead. So they were, you know. But some, com some impressionists, when I was a kid, used to do them together. Oh, because, Gorshman. Frank Gorshman okay, was because, famous. Right, yeah. because they, there was something about them that they were parallels, right? Yes. Parallel rhythms, one very smooth. Oh, I can't believe you're, this is your first motion picture. I've done 71. So he's got this kind of thing, and then you've got a guy who's so tight like this. I don't know what to do. So what, later I did them just right. meeting to wrestle. I'd like to wrestle you today. <laughs> I'd like to wrestle. You know how I am. 645 Cannon Drive. There's a gate on the side. Pound. One, two, three, four, five. Pound. One, two, three, four, five. Shall I bring anything? Bring lemonade. I like lemonade. We're going to wrestle. Naked. Doesn't mean anything. Just two gentlemen. Whosoever stays inside the ring is the champion. I like what you're saying. I see at 4.15. So anyway, 
these these are all musical rhythms in my head, Bill. But you're already a great yeah, I need, audience. I need the box already. You're already a great audience. Yeah, and for you, you to... I am. I'm, I'm actually, well, you know, you know me. My reputation is pretty true to me, what I really am. I, I'm not a guy who just fakes anything. So I don't fake. That is true. Yeah. You, you do not <laughs> for, suffer fools. For better or worse. And, and uh, I, that... like, so when you get me laughing, that's me laughing. I'm not, I'm not. Oh, I got that. Yeah. No, <laughs> no my, all therapists want us to give, get a bit of you. My therapist wanted me to get a bit of Bill Maher. What do you Maher. mean? Not literally saying Bill Maher, but say, you know, standing up for yourself. Say what you mean, mean what oh. you say. Don't be a pleaser. Be, be real. Um, That's what therapists tell you? For people like me, because <laughs> the narcissists never go. What the fuck do therapists tell you? What? What, you're in therapy? No, not, I did five years. Conan introduced me to the therapist, and Kevin Nealon went for a while. So she would stack three comedians, and I, I was the third, and I go, am I the funniest? Why, you know? do, why, do, either, why do any of you three need fucking therapy? You uh, don't. And the way you're saying it, <laughs> I, listen, listen, Bill, I don't, here's the thing. Uh, it was very pragmatic. Like, I bought a guitar for my nephew, okay? Very nice guitar. Then it was time for my birthday, and I had trouble buying myself the guitar. And I go, well, this is weird. And I have millions of dollars. Oh, so fucking what? You know what, Dana? I, <laughs> look, See, now that makes me Can laugh. I just say something serious to you? Yes. I've not known you for 35 years. Yes. <laughs> and but we've, the, we've been admirers <laughs> from afar. And at all the time, I don't really know you. <laughs> I have never known you to not know you at all. So I am going to pass judgment on you going to... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we watched each other from afar. But I, and I just don't I, feel like, I no. feel like I do know you like, you do uh, like, know like America does because you're such an open, giving performer, you know? So it's hard for us, me to believe that there's some creep hiding behind no, that. No, it wasn't really Not a creep that. or anything not like, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're such a normal guy. You're I just happily... had trouble saying no. Just put it there. You know, oh, you have it, trouble saying no. To benefits and to no. gigs I don't want to well, do. Well, why didn't you just say so? <laughs> <laughs> That's a talk show first. All talk shows should have oh, been this. As if this is a talk show. I don't know what this is, but the last what, time I had but, alcohol on a talk show backstage, it was Johnny Carson. And there was nobody else in the room and it's such a cool place. I love yeah, this. I know. Let I, me just insert one thing. Johnny Carson, this I do for my friends. This is not a bit. It's just a private thing I do. I don't know why I thought of it, but it always makes me laugh. Johnny Carson getting pulled over for drunk driving in 1972. <laughs> oh, sorry, officer. I didn't know I was swerving. I had two slippery monkeys at the hook and crook. <laughs> See, and it's the language of the, the name of the cocktail and the I, location. I had two tomato boom-booms at the Hickory <laughs> Hut. It's not even alcohol. I mean, we are both huge Johnny fans. Of course, and, and you I did, intersected I with mean, him. I mean, was he okay with you doing him? In the beginning. Yeah. Right, because he was a prickly guy. I mean, when you got on the wrong yeah. side of him, yeah. it was as cold as the Nebraska wind. Oh, yeah. It really yeah. was. And he got that from his mother, who was yes. very cold. And, I, you know, he was, certainly was the most charming man on the air. Yes. I mean, who, he certainly is who I wanted to be in my formative years. That was my first take, is the charm and, in and, and specific, the earnestness. 
And I took yes. it to, for those of you and at home, you're, you're watching a television, or you with an old lady, so show you, uh, so you feed, feed the chickens in the morning? Is that, so his Nebraska well, earnestness that, was the charm. Right, that yeah. Midwestern yeah. politeness and graciousness. Yeah, gentlemanly. Uh, while yeah. he was also Peck's bad boy, he was also naughty. You know, oh, he, yeah. right. Because I, I did that. He rode those two things perfectly. But off stage, he could be really bad. Oh, once he went cold, that was it. I was re- just re- blacklisted. Oh, and he did that to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I just didn't get invited back. But I didn't blame him. There was my thing was always well, really it, loving embodying. It was the only time I was as a performer didn't care if I got a laugh because I internally I was well, laughing so hard. But Dana, <laughs> it was hysterically funny because. It, I could see why he was mad at it because you were basically a young guy calling out older guy out who had lost his step. And, you know, he was doing Floyd R. Turbo yeah. at 67. I know. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know. Or El Moldo with the black, jet black hair, which now didn't look oh, right on I a 67-year-old. And sometimes he'd do a sketch where he'd have a diaper on or underwear, <laughs> and he's just 58-year-old skin. is just not, doesn't look good that's on television. I'm, right. You know, and, that's and so, okay. And it was sort of formulaic at this point. The joke bombs, they go into T for two, and he yeah. does the little tap. And Jay would do 80. And you, caught, you captured that, which is right. not what someone wants to see. Sometimes it's yeah. what somebody needs to see. Right. I've always vowed that if I became that, uh, I would quit before they were making the Well, here's my theory. Jokes about that it. everybody eventually becomes a, a caricature of themselves, whether it's Jack Benny or anybody. If you go on long enough, you're going, is that an impressionist or is that the real guy? So Johnny had jumped the shark on that, but right. he got out afterwards. But I didn't like the part where some writing got in. I was writing it with other people that made him senile because I didn't think he was there. He was from another era, but I didn't think he was sort of not with it Johnny? mentally. Johnny? Can I tell you my best Johnny story? Oh, I so, would love it. Okay, so, and this captures, I think, both sides of him. Yeah. So it's the last time I'm on, and Jay was scheduled to take over in a few months, right? Right. Okay, so uh, I'm, and Johnny, I'm leaving by the, you know, the entrance, yeah. and there's Johnny, of course, has the first parking spot, yeah. and it was, he had like a Corvette. Or something. Oh, it was a Corvette, I was going to say that. It was not yeah. like a... The leather jacket, the was, Corvette, yeah. It was so Midwestern. It's it was like, like Joe Biden in a way. I'm worth $150 million, yeah. but a Corvette, you know, yeah. I couldn't. Okay, so, uh, and I don't think about cars or care about them, but he's in the, he, and I come out, and he can't get the car started. So there's a couple of aides who are, oh my fucking God, what are we going to do, Johnny? Yeah, Johnny's going to blow his gasket. And, and I'm, you know, I'm a 28-year-old comic or whatever. I yep. walk, walk over and, and, you know, just kind of poke my head. Oh, hey, what's <laughs> And he's like, can't get it, can't get it started. And I said, I said oh boy, I, I bet you Jay Leno would know what to do. And he goes, hmm, we'll find out how much he knows about television. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Competitive till the end. Like, yeah. And just like cold, but like funny, kind of mm-hmm. real edge and appropriate for the moment. And so he wasn't, I mean, he was very sharp. We'll find out what he knows about television. Yeah. Yeah, just like a, he, could, he could be an assassin. What and you I'm know what we found? I'm going to cut you from your sternum down to your spleen. You know, you could, <laughs> And you know what we found out? Jay knew a lot about television. Jay. Oh, oh yeah. 22 years. Number one. They got fired twice for the sin of being number one. 
Jay would and he had his finger. count jokes. He knew exactly how long his monologue should be and what the metrics were. I've never known a brain who could take show business and analyze it and make it really simple. And he, he normally was right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he, that show was certainly different than Johnny's show. And you could say it was... Um, you know, Johnny at first had used to have an author on, you know, Gore Vidal would yeah. get 15. That went away. And of course it was, as the country got dumber, the show had to get dumber with it. Um, yeah. And it got, <laughs> and it, I mean, it got dumber after. I'm, I'm, I'm not blaming the no, host. No, Carson, you have to play to where the audience is. The audience is too stupid now to watch Gore Vidal for 15 minutes. They don't right. have anything, no, or that so kind of that, attention. That's all, that's all gone. And Jay was exactly right for his era. Yeah. It was not a dumb show at all, mm -hmm. but it wasn't what Johnny was. It wasn't just talking. It was more of a party. Yeah. Because that's where America was, and yeah. it became even more so now. And there's a picture, I guess it's Look Magazine in 1968 or something, but Carson was a sex symbol and a yeah. rock star yes. in his prime. You know, yes. completely. Absolutely. And That's why I wanted to be him. He wasn't just funny. Yeah. He was sexy. You know? Well, you're the one, you're one of the few, you know, via Jack Benny to Johnny to Conan, mm -hmm. he does, would, Conan would do the kind of the passive look to the camera right. as he's the, you know, the fall. And you do, you do this little... Heel lift. My monologue. Yeah, is, which is great, and it shows you how great Johnny was. That that just something about it says. I am fun. always doing yeah. Johnny in the monologue to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is so in my blood from watching that show from mm -hmm. the time I could sneak it when I was twelve. Oh yeah, and, you know, I didn't great. miss one episode through college. You know, that was just what yeah. I lived for. And you know, and you're right. It comes. He Carson used to always say he he was doing Benny. You know, sometimes, yeah. There was a there was a Benny. You know, Benny was more like Belzer used to have the great, uh, you know, uh, old, old Rochester. Yeah. Roll me a joint and turn on the stereo. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> was Richard? <laughs> yeah, Richard Belzer, Belzer doing. But the line is what I love. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Specificity. It was so like yeah. when, when he used to do that. I used to think, wow, I'm so hip. I'm a mm -hmm. catch rising star and living in New York in a shitty apartment. Oh, yeah. and this guy's like talking about rolling joints, <laughs> <laughs> making fun of old people like Jack Benny. And, yeah, boy, know. those impressions would still survive in the 70s. Jack Benny, I could do Jimmy Stewart. You can't do Cary Grant anymore. <laughs> you can if you're Rich Little because you suck. <laughs> and you're doing a show at four in the afternoon in Las Vegas. Yeah, my I don't know how blue you can be on it. This is just blue. This is. Are you kidding? Cary Grant. It's just us, sweetheart. Cary Grant is a, a gay man. I used to do this at parties. Cary yeah. Grant was half. Yeah. Was uh, excuse by, by me. <laughs> I did, I do believe you're sitting on my penis. <laughs> That was, you know, can't, there's no place to do it but here. Why? Because people don't know Cary Grant? No, oh, yeah. I don't know. If you, if you, know, if you don't have even you know him, it's a funny voice. It's an incredible voice. Have you thought about cruises? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you just do stuff backstage. Um, well, but. I mean, first of all, there are, look, if you eliminate everything that doesn't get on uh, a young person's radar, and I mean like Gen Z, oh, under yeah. 25, you won't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're, just, you're just shut down. What? That's why it's only the politicians that are famous now, en masse, basically. You know, I don't know a young movie star to, you know, 
Maybe Chris Pratt. I've never tried to do him, you know? Oh, I think you'd do a great Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah. Come on, give it a go right here, right now. I'm Timothy Chalamet. No, I, you know, all you do is if you can't do the impression, you say the name of the guy you're doing and you're halfway home. But I, I never consider myself a pure impressionist. It was something of that I did. Of course not. Yeah. No. Because I'm still known for Garth and Church Lady. And, you know. You're just known for, like I said, you just know you're just going to laugh, Whether, whatever it is. You're a five-tool player. You know, you can just be a reaction comic who just says funny things and reaction to something else, or you can do the impressions, sketches, um, ca and characters. They're not impressions. They're mm -hmm. just, I mean, Garth yeah. is not an impression. No. It's, a, it's a character. It's a character. Well, thank you, Bill. It's a character that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to get into, like... Where does he come from? Well, yeah, I would like to know that, actually. That's basically an extrapolation of my brother Brad. I had three older brothers. Is that right? And if Brad would kind of talk like that. <laughs> I, I could do it. That's why Garth had stun guns. Garth got a science bent. And it was just a funny... It's a super nice character to sit in because he's right. such a good guy. Yes. This is a good show, Bill. And an idiot, which is... Nothing is funnier than an idiot. Uh, yeah, a, a kind of a sweet idiot. There's yes. the cocky idiot, which is Hans and Franz. There's a million kinds. No. Because yeah. the, the reason there's a million kinds of idiots because it's the best staple is somebody, and it makes the audience feel great because the audience are yes. like, hey, I'm smarter than that guy. Right. Well, also, the secret of that, it wasn't a secret, but Wayne's World, like the two losers in town, they're an AMC pacer, they're cruising around, they're just, <laughs> they just have catchphrases, and they don't they have nothing. But they're having more fun than anyone in the town. And that's always just comforting. And who was the other guy in that sketch? Michael Myers. Oh, yeah, Michael Myers. <laughs> He's a, Mike Myers. He always struck me as a weird duck. Talented, but weird and... Well, he's Canadian. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. Um, not everyone speaks well of him. I don't know him well. I, I, one night, a few, I mean, it was like We're Friday. very good friends. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah, um, I you you just you meet people I, over a period of time, and then you come around, back around to them, and you sort of you suddenly kind of understand them, you know, or and maybe they understand you. That's fine. Like, and I, we have so many firsts together. You know, we got. Oh firsts. yeah, no, no, you yeah. were in the trenches together. Yeah. yeah. No, I spent one night. It was not that long. Maybe six or seven years ago, we saw each other at a party. And when we decided, we went out to the beach to some bar way the fuck out. I don't know. So we were in a car together, at a bar mm -hmm. together. It was a long night, and then he went, dropped him off at his hotel. Oh. And I felt like, oh, that was interesting, and he was nice, and but I have no idea who that is. You know, like, I didn't... <laughs> I, I advanced me. I know he loves his family. Yeah. And, like, that was mostly mm -hmm. what I got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I couldn't get... Uh, it was, it, like, some people like that. They are genius at characters. Mm -hmm. And I, maybe it's because they want to just be characters. They, they, are they, something, yeah. There's something going on with who they really are and the characters, and maybe the characters rob some of their real person. Yeah, you know? he's a, he's a sensitive mean, guy, you know, I mean, toward the end of Robin's life. I really, he was up in Marin County where I was, and really got to know that side of Robin, the powerhouse on stage, and then the The really, wife, Robin. Robin Williams. Oh, wife. Robin Williams. Yeah. Wasn't his wife, Robin? Uh, that was Mike Myers. Oh. Yeah, so, so you're, that's good memory least, yeah <laughs> but who are we talking about robin, robin williams. williams oh wow. just a, another very sensitive guy like you wouldn't use a certain kind of sarcasm around him or 
You wouldn't look in the mirror and go, yeah. well, we're getting older. Yeah. He was just very sensitive, you know, and I got to understand that side of him, and then we became good friends, and then... You did with Raman because you're both San Francisco, right? I just couldn't... He was so intimidating to me, even, you know, especially in the early days. He was there... Uh, my first set, Robin went on stage. What year were we talking about? We're talking 1976. 76? That's even before when I went on. 76, and I just Holy saw a thing shit. in the paper. I was living in the a frontage road near San Francisco airport with my brother and his roommate in a shithole, and we were just smoking weed and playing Risk, and I was taking a night class in San Francisco State, and I saw a thing in San Francisco Chronicle, local comedians over on Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley. Hmm. I didn't understand. I just knew famous, you know, Don Rickles. So anyway, I went over there, <laughs> you know, and I was watching the show and I took out my napkin and I started to write things down because I kind of could do Howard Cosell or, you know, and I thought, oh, maybe I could do this. I, it, was, it was 20 people in a shithole in the back of a bakery in Berkeley. It wasn't planned. It was just spontaneous. It, that yeah, and I had a couple friends with me and then this guy comes up and he just loads up the room. I mean, he just levitates the room. Robin. Yeah. And I put the napkin back in my, because I didn't know it was Robin. I thought maybe there's a lot of these guys. Just the idea, I, you know, people went round and round about him, but I, at the end I just thought, okay, he, he created this character of a Shakespearean actor that's going to come out and try to do stand-up, and everything's going to be chaotic. Right. And there was a method to it, but it was sort of a brilliant creation, because he was so worried, he kept apologizing to me. And I go, no, you didn't. No, he, he thought I mean, I'd, he stole stuff from me. As a, well, he was accused of stealing when he did Mork and Mindy. I know. He Tim he Tom. would admit to that, you know. Well, okay. Is he would he could absorb anything, you know. He, right. <laughs> but I, I've never seen anybody. He wasn't my favorite comedian, but I I am kind of in awe of when I would see like a HBO special or something yeah. like. Like, there was just a level of excitement in the room the whole time he was oh, on. Oh, yeah. The, and, yeah. And the amount of, like, you know, laughs, like, that are, like, tens, you know, real thunderclap laughs yeah. that he would get, at, like, close together. If I'm just looking at it numerically. Yeah, he was a you know, machine. Yeah, like, just like. Like, <laughs> if yeah. they had stats on that thing. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah. you know, Barry Bonds' 73 homers. You know, it was yeah. just, and he was on steroids also. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but it was just, and he yeah. would be in this stinky sweat. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just was. For those of you it, over there, and it's just like, for those of you on acid, this is a frisbee. <laughs> and it was all very fast. Oh, the fruit fly, right. fly. <laughs> and all chaotic and so energetic. So I you know. can't follow that as a monologist. You, you'd have to make right. way no. for it. No, you know, it's it was, yeah, it was a hurricane. I I, I don't think they could even imagine something like that in the era we were talking about. I mean, imagine Jack Betty following that. I mean, those no, days, it was all you know, organized and tidy. But also, when you look at those old tapes from those old timers, like they could go two minutes without a laugh. You know, yeah. the audience had just so much more patience oh, back then. Yeah, now it has to be just like, yes, destruction. <laughs> We are brought to you by SignalWire. SignalWire powers the future of cloud communications. Built by the tech OGs, the original geeks of software-defined telecom, their mission is to make it simple for you to build whatever you can imagine using real-time voice, video, or text messaging. The OGs at SignalWire have spent decades solving the most complex and awkward problems in communications. The only thing they can't help you with 
is when at Christmas your wife wanted a diamond bracelet and you somehow heard that as dust buster. But for the computer-related communications problems, SignalWire has you covered. From broadcast quality video to ultra-low latency voice and messaging, SignalWire has the APIs and SDKs to create unique and intelligent communications experiences. From within existing applications or websites, or building a new app from scratch, Join the millions of other customers like Amazon, Ring, and Home Depot who are using SignalWire technology to build the communications experiences of the future. And in the spirit of the holiday season, SignalWire wants to give you a gift. Visit SignalWire.com random and claim a free t-shirt when you sign up for a demo. Go to SignalWire.com random and claim your free t-shirt. Go to SignalWire.com random. It's never too early to start thinking about holiday gifts, whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants. <laughs> you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 because you don't want that open fire to burn the hair off your roasting chestnuts. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack probably way more than Mrs. Claus does, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty and get free shipping and 20% off by going to manscaped.com random. It's important to find that grooming routine, or at least pretend to give a shit. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls, just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has ultra-premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner, and deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate presence. There's also an LED light on it so you can light the way like Rudolph. All of Manscaped's great gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new Body Buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash random. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash random. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. We have this guy on Jonathan Haidt this week, Friday. He, he, he's all about how the phone has just ruined the minds. And I'm talking about physically ruined the minds Wouldn't of everyone who came along after 2009 when, they, yeah. when the phone began. Yeah. If you were a 10-year-old and you got the phone, they can't concentrate. Yeah. I mean, TikTok, your kids are grown now, right? Yeah. Like they kind of missed it. They're in their late 20s, so, you know. Late 20s, you have kids? Oh, Jesus. Well, one's 31, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. I know, isn't it strange? It's, it, God, well, is... like, I feel like all my friends go through passages, and I'm always in the same passage. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. I, I am arrested development. It's like, I like 27, and I'm going to stay here. I don't understand. Nobody <laughs> who's married with children, unless they're a fool, would try to get you on our team. Oh, they and not all do. Under, I wouldn't. 
Okay. In a sec, I would never do that. People do. That's oh, a big thing. That's pathetic. Marriage proselytizing is a big thing. and Would never and, do that. And a lot of um, messaging is about that. I'm going to do a, a thing for extra content later, but I'll just tell you the idea. The teaser. I, I, well, I just watched this. Uh, I watched these movies in the bathtub. You know, like I have... Jeez, you're like Scarface? Yes, exactly. I'm very much the TV, like... I got a bottle of that. Look at you. That lady gonna kiss him with a fucking mouth. Why are you... Fly away, your woman is so polluted. You're coming like a babish. You know what I say? You're coming like a babish. I just love inhabiting no. Pacino's Cuban accent. So you're in a big bubble bathtub. You're single. You're a multimillionaire. <laughs> You've got a hit TV show. And I don't know who... So I'm watching... So, like, I have uh, a TV in the bathroom. Yeah, so I could watch there. And is it a sudsy tub? I want to just see Bill Barnes. Yes, it is a sudsy. It's a bubbly tub. Yes, it is a sudsy tub. Yes, I'm by myself. It's a nice-sized tub, but I'm by myself. Watching movies? Uh, Well, uh, you know, like... not. not, I don't get through a whole movie. I'm not going to take a 90-minute bath, but I'm not a crazy person. (laughs) But, like... The kind of thing I would watch in the bathtub. I'm bath actually tub. opening another beer. I've yeah, never please. felt this decadent. I can't wait to get on cold water again with a few of these in me. Sorry, officer, I didn't know I was swerving. I had a, uh, a strawberry and, nightmare at the uh, Windy Shop. And Shunk. if this was that old kind of talk show, I'd be like, so, uh, somebody told me you had a weird thing happen on cold water. I know. <laughs> it's so, st- when we think of how far we've come from how stilted that was. Right, I, it was so. Yeah. So, and that is what you what got to him that it was time for the king to fall. You know, some people are not, you know, built for yeah. longevity past mm-hmm. like a certain point because as as great as he was, like, it's the generations were ready. You know. Well, he thought that Benny and Hope had stayed too long. You know. And, yes, and so he, he did not want to be that, but maybe he went out a little unceremoniously. He, he bitched to me once about Bob Hope, a, a mm. person who doesn't know him. I was just backstage. It was, you know, he had seen me. I did 30 ep- times with yeah. him. So, you know, he liked me. Obviously, they kept having me back, yeah. but we weren't like buddies or anything. Right, and he's opening and up back, to you. Yes, and I'm backstage, and I think, I guess Hope was on that night, and he just... Well, this guy, <laughs> yeah, yes, eight hundred pound gorilla. Number. Oh yeah, and he wouldn't did. wouldn't do a pre interview and like all this stuff. And it was true. Bob Hope was so bad; he was just living on his legend. And yeah. I remember they, I was on that show, and they had these pictures. Like, so they had to like Bob wouldn't like prepare anything. So they would just, what are we gonna do with Bob? Okay, so they got like all these pictures of just his whole life here and there and here and there, and. Uh, the two I think I re- things I remember that he said when they showed a picture, they showed one of him dressed with <laughs> a pontiff outfit. And he goes, his, oh his crack ad lib was, yeah, there I am as the Pope. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <Nothing else. laughs> Thanks, Bob. Well, that's I funny. love the idea of just guys going into their 90s. Oh. <laughs> just can't ever let it go. But he did. He would shit on Carson. He would use his studio to shoot his specials. He'd move yeah, his yes. rehearsals around. Right. He never respected Carson. And nobody else yeah. was above Carson. No. So, But at NBC, you know, and, of course, just out of respect, Johnny was... Mm. Yeah, he could be called, but, you know, he got it that Bob Hope was a legend and, you know. Yeah, he okay. handed me my Emmy. Bob like, Hope? I, I won an Emmy and Bob Hope gave it to me. Really? Isn't life, don't Did you he... have stuff like that in your life? This Certainly degree? not someone handing me an Emmy. Oh, really? 
I'm going to make a phone call. Oh, yeah. 40, go, no, 40 nominations to put there. Can we go back to the Sudsy tub for a second? Because I think your fans want to see what, Oh, yeah. Okay. So I mean, so, I just like the image of you because so, um, you have sort of this, you know, whatever your vibe is, erudite, so what, intellectual. Okay, I will go back. But what year did you quit pot? Um, Probably I smoked it in a, a, a quite a bit. Maybe at 24, Because you said when you were 25. living in that place, you were smoking pot all day. Oh, yeah. Or a lot. But I don't, you know, we would... So where'd you go wrong? <laughs> I got, you know, at some point I got a little paranoid oh, okay. on well, it. That's, and a little well, anxious. That's, that's, that is uh, understandable if it makes you paranoid. But when I, when I did uh, the Mickey Rooney show in New York with Nathan Lane, the sitcom that I did with Nathan Lane and Mickey Rooney, you may not know... My first job in network television. Which was it? One of the Boys. It only ran a few One months. One of the Boys. With Mickey Rooney and Nathan Lane. Mickey Rooney. And Mickey Holy Rooney fuck. was so convinced that I was gay, because, you know, I had the kind of... Leno, Leno used to say to me at the improv, right. you know, don't, yeah, don't, hey, Dana, don't go to prison, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't want to go to prison, you know. <laughs> so, so... And he only comes up to your belt buckle. Oh, he was, yeah. I'm a fire plug. Is that what... What was he like? He must have been a hell. One of the... Craziest people right. had a thirty-eight revolver that he right. would swing around. He said this if he didn't say it once, he said it a thousand times. And I'll say it exactly the way he said it, and exactly the manifest the little quirks of it. I was the number one star yeah. in the world. You hear me? Bang! The world, and that was the thing he did all the time. Right, and it's funny. I was going to ask you. That question, I, I was. I think I must have About heard Mickey that Rooney? before. Well, that that oh, that I he was obsessed with his yeah. What he was, and yeah. it's like so sad. And you know, when people are like jealous, I understand why we have great lives. A lot of us, and uh, show yeah. business is fun. But when you see a lot, a lot of it is not. A lot of it is a guy who obviously is tortured his the, the vast majority of his life because he's not the number one. He was the number one star and. And then he, he, it is not, you know, he's relying on something for happiness that was always going to be too ephemeral. Yes. And he called up the head of Warner's in 1955. He said, he said, this is Mickey Rooney. I need a job. And he hung up on me. And he's just looking off into space, you know. Mickey, and he, he had every sexy well, woman. He was the Pete Davidson of right. the 1940s. I said, Mickey, right. how did you do it? And he said, Money makes you handsomer. Oh. But when I intersect, <laughs> yeah, which is handsomer, I don't know if that's a it's, word. I know, it's good, though. But it's, man, it's, is it great, old-fashioned. When I intersected with him, he was doing Sugar Babies on Broadway, getting 50000 a week and 50000 for the sitcom. And he was at the racetrack all week long. We would just rehearse to his stand-in. And he would always have like at least five, ten thousand in cash. And he'd put it in front of my face and say, Think I can afford lunch? He was finally flush after 50 years. He put it right under my face. And he. But the, the fact that he wanted to do bits for you is kind of complimentary. I mean. Well, after, you know, he was like Sammy Davis Jr., he was an impressionist. He was a. He played the, the piano. These old school guys, that's what I'm saying. Like, they do everything. Yes. It's great to be in show business, kids, and yes, it's a good life a lot, and it's fun. It's also mostly shit for most people who go into it. And then there's this neediness. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
My friend Hiram Caston told me this mm -hmm. funny comedian told me this story about Jerry Lewis. He's a, he sees him. On, I mean, this is like a long time ago, but you know, probably the '90s. And he sees yeah. Jerry Lewis on a plane, and um, he's like sitting in the same row, but like it was one of those back when there was like four in the middle. But there's like. I guess, anyway, whatever it is, he could see him on the mm -hmm. same row on the other side of the plane. So he goes over to him and Mr. I'm a, Mr. Lewis, I'm a comedian, and I'm a great admirer, and Jerry's really nice and, you know, loves that he's a comedian, and they yeah. talk a little, and goes back to his seat. And he said he didn't want to look over after that <laughs> for a long time. To, didn't want Jerry to think he was looking at him. So after, like, 20 minutes, he looks over, and Jerry's got the um, <laughs> the headset, like, on it, oh, twisted on his stick. face. Like he must have been holding that position for 20 minutes, waiting for Hiram to turn around yeah. and see him. That's the, funny. The neediness. <laughs> 20 minutes. I know. That, that's what I'm saying. the ego. It's of, just, yeah. Yes, but that's not ego. That's need. Like yeah. I need this guy yeah. I just met to, I, or I want to give, you could look at it that, I want to give him this laugh. Yeah. I think it's a lot of that. But I never had that, uh, you know, that love of like I, I I got to get on stage tonight. I got to get that approval. It never no. never appealed to me, never meant anything to me. But, but how many you know, live dates do you do a year? Not much. No? Not this past year, because pandemic kind of slowed down. I, always, I did about five in the last six weeks, you know. I always ask you to do Hawaii. I try. Yeah, we, I know, I know. We have the same manager yeah. for all the... I'm these, not against doing what that. What if he went? Would you go if it was him? Gervitz, yeah. Yes. Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? I have a gig. It's so much fun. It's, yeah. it's four days. Does your, it's does a, your audience know this? It's a jet. Four days, a jet. Have fun. You, yes, we do two shows. Yeah. We do Maui mm -hmm. on the 30th. And we do New Year's. What are the dates? Oh, it's New Year's Eve. Okay. New Year's Eve in yeah. Honolulu. We uh -huh. fly in on the 28th. We you have a know couple. how to live. I really do. Yeah. Everyone who's on this trip yeah. loves it so much. Gilbert was supposed to do it this year, and then that asshole went up and died. I had to get somebody else, but luckily Jeff Ross. Jeff so Ross. So it's going to be great. No, terrible. I kid. I mean, I just saw Gilbert's oh, yeah. wid uh, widow and the kids. I came to my show at Madison Square Garden, and mm. we are all just feel so deprived, yeah. not just for the well, he trip. Well, was, he was a singularity. Well, mm -hmm. and it was going to be, Gilbert. after 40 years of yeah. knowing him, it was going to be our vacation together. Oh. So let's do it before you fucking die or yeah. I fucking die. Well, what's your cholesterol numbers? Let's <laughs> get down to it. I'm, <laughs> not that I'm the good. heart guy. I know everything about that right. stuff. Didn't yeah. they fuck up an operation on you? Yeah, well, Is they that, just didn't no. improve the situation. I thought it, they it did the wrong me. operation. They, I thought that's what I heard. Well, yeah. Whenever I talk about this stuff, usually people glaze over and like it's they're either either queasy or curious. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Okay. Fuck so I had familial hypo, <laughs> no. hypoglycemia. So my cholesterol was 400, 500. Because it's the wrong kind of cholesterol. Genetic, and right. it's the wrong mm -hmm. kind. Every, the sticky kind. The sticky kind, and right. within the sticky kind, there's people who have less sticky kind. So I had, right. you know, at 42, I'm running and just started feeling this kind of burning in my throat. So then I found out I had a almost 100% blocked lower anterior descending artery, your left main artery. Everything else was great. So that <laughs> blew my fucking mind. So in other words, it was imperative yeah. to do something soon. Well, they, they would stent back then <laughs> in 90... Stents, right. Yeah, but the stents were kind of sort of bare metal, and sometimes they would re-stenose, which means the artery was not prepared for a controlled injury inside it, so it would build scar tissue, and that would block you up again. 
you're not having wow. more coronary artery disease, wow. it's actually scar tissue. So they kept rotorutering that. Wow. On, in and out. And I'm, just, I'm doing dates in Vegas, getting the feeling, oh, it's gotta go back. This went on and on and on. And then finally they go, well, you're a restenoser. My doctor was from India. You're a restenoser. So then they said, you probably should do a bypass. Two mammary arteries, very simple. The first mammary item. arteries? Yeah, your mammary arteries never block up. I didn't know I had them. You have them. If you ever need a bypass, <laughs> use them. You never want, they're very valuable. Because they don't Can know Can I what. use them for sex? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're Let's called go back. mammary arteries. What happens in well, that we've, tub? We've got blood and tits involved. I don't, <laughs> I don't see why we couldn't. <laughs> to well, you, this is a, a kind of a sexy story. Uh, well, I'm just saying mammary artery is Yeah, mammary artery. sounds yeah. like a band that yeah. I would see at uh, the Roxy. <laughs> That's right. It does sound like a heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> we're, the ma- we're the mammary Chops arteries. Chop broccoli. Maybe, maybe they could, but, uh, they could uh, open for the chopping chop broccoli. broccoli. Why that thing lasted 40 years, I, maybe you could tell it's me. funny, you're funny. In today's hyper-polarized media environment, it often feels like you're forced to pick a side, the echo chambers and mainstream outlets, or the conspiracy-heavy corners of social media. If you're not satisfied with either of those options, come join the Lost Debate. It's a show for anyone who wants to escape their bubble and engage with ideas from across the spectrum with the kind of good faith discussions we need more of as a society. Lost Debate is hosted by Ravi Gupta, a former Obama staffer and school principal and superintendent who spent years on the front lines of America's political battles working to preserve our democracy. And Ricky Schlott, who joined me on Real Time a few months ago. Ricky is a Gen Z New York Post columnist and libertarian fighting to protect free speech for her generation and beyond. Together, they cover all the latest news, arguments, ideas, and trends with balance and nuance. They have constructive discussions that sound less like shouty cable segments and more like conversations between real people. So come join the conversation. New episodes of Lost Debate drop twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. Find them on Amazon, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your shows. Funny rhythm, but you anyway, really so they- go to Hawaii. Uh, just yeah, you really should. What kind of jet? I'm I'm really into jets. <laughs> I mean, it's not a Hawker 800. Is 13 it? seat. I bring Jimmy Valley, great people. So for you people, that's probably a Challenger or a Gulfstream. I don't know. Yeah. I I just know what it looks like, and uh, I've, I'm sure I should feel guilty about it, but I don't because. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, come on. I always I say this now. No, the only people who don't fly private are the ones who can't. Anybody who can would, except for Greta and a few other people. And we're not really doing anything uh, I don't see as a as a group of humans to solve this problem. We we keep talking about it, but we don't really do anything. No, just, yeah. I just don't feel like me doing adding this is making a difference. And we either do this as a group. I'm just not going to be the one schmuck. No, you know, not enjoying no. my, my life if we've all just decided. All humans it. who've ever been on a private jet <laughs> understand it. All of us understand it. I used to do. It's Greta, all the kids want. They Greta like, Thunberg is fading as an impression. I, I had a two. I have a four-second impression of her, a fifteen-year-old oh. high school kid with Aspergers lecturing the world. It's just, it's just two words, three words. How dare you? How dare you? So that no, was... and I understand her plight, and I'm sympathetic yeah. to it. I think she's a brave person. Totally. But I, but I also think she is not representative of her generation, who love to, like, blame us. You wrecked the world. Yeah, like, you're doing it differently. Like, you're not driving. 
Right. You're just with Greta on a sailboat all the time. You're using yeah. cars as much as we did. So shut the fuck up. Right. You know what? We're all decided that we're just going to drive over the Grand Canyon and have a great time well, on our way. And as long as that's what we decided, I'm not going to be the schmuck driving a three-foot car. We are going to do this, basically. We're going to try to get to the renewables when they're they're practical and they can take over for fossil fuels. Nobody, everyone's a Republican when the lights go out. Right. Everybody. <laughs> what the that fuck sounds, is my That light? sounds like one of those books where they're standing on the cover <laughs> hold it with their arms <laughs> folded. Everyone's, Everyone wants yeah, a Republican be, when the lights go out. <laughs> my was, plan to save America, yeah. tear that dress off your son and kill criminals and bomb Mexico. <laughs> bomb Mexico into the Stone Age. I'm, I'm Dick Cheney. Everyone's a Republican when the lights go out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know, but yeah, I think we'll be fine. I mean, I read Matt Ridley and uh, Beyond Lombard and other alternative, yeah. not deniers. I no, hate not exactly. But, but say we will migrate. We will get. We'll build well, dams. We are, we'll do what we plainly do. Plainly, the let's all do the right thing plan didn't work. That okay? missed it by That's that much. Saying. Missed it by that much. <laughs> exactly. We were all on board. It just and now India and China, those countries and many others, they're going to live with it. Well, you know, they were now there many of those people are just coming into the middle class. So it wasn't an option for them to have cars and refrigerators right. and fly on and planes. Air conditioning. And air conditioning especially. And now that they can have those things, their attitude is wait. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. We, well, hold on. Oh, I know. And the we, Africans, too. They're you, like, well, no, well, let me get wait, this straight. You used it all up. Yeah. And now we can't have air conditioning We're, because yeah, we have, we have fan, to all be We have good to now. fan ourselves like in the 17th yeah. century while you no. were in an icebox half your life? Yeah, exactly. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just not going to fly. We're going to be fine. You can eat. I'm a rational optimist. I think this is a great character for us to do together. Two yeah. third world guys, because we yeah. strike people as third world guys, <laughs> <laughs> bitching about how first world people used up all the resources. Yeah. And that's the whole bit. That's we the never, whole bit. You we never, never, never deviate from, just, from that one complaint. Yes. We got fucked and, by the first world. Um, you'll have to... <laughs> Name these characters because you're a character well, you just, person. You just, yeah, you need a little catchphrasey character. Well, you do a show with David Spade. You, you Fly have, on you the have, wall. You have a, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic and doing fantastic. It's doing very well. well. Again, there's a guy like you who's just yeah. very, he did the Hawaiian trip. He was the first. Oh, really? Yeah, Spade is, we mixed together. I love bouncing off. I know the, you do. It's obvious. He's, he's, it's a, we're very it's a, good it's friends. It's the most natural, of course, a friendship of 30 years or something is going to But grieve. also, let me ask you this question. As you go through the journey of life, you can disconnect, kind of, like Spade and I, I would maybe go six years without seeing him when I was in New York. Sure, of and, course. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then you see your right. friend, and it's like five seconds. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. So it's nice that you get to, like, now see him, like, work gives us always the excuse to be with the people we really love. I always say to people ask me about comedians, I say, look, if you're at a boring party with bankers and normal people, not to pick on bankers, and you're there <laughs> or, suffer, or suffering. Or normal people, sounds a little. Well, 
well, just not comedians. And but uh, and you're well, suffering through it. And then a comedian okay. comes in. You, uh, these are these are generic and they're sort of cliches. You're talking about your fans. Okay, <laughs> be nicer. No, normal people are great. No, no, I know that. I'm talking about the the very boring of the normal. Oh, quadrant. those people. Yeah. Oh, the ones who aren't the, our fans. The, yeah, not our fans. Oh. Our fans are smart, oh, okay. especially yours. Well, I always feel like my fans literally are people who I probably could be friends with a lot of them if I knew them in person because right. it's just like it's a way of thinking. A sensibility. Sure. A yeah. sensibility yeah. and a way of thinking that like if you if you like that, and it certainly isn't for everybody, mm -hmm. but if you do, you tend to like it a lot. Right. And you probably are you're open-minded and you I think we would yeah. be friends and to, with to a lot. To clarify that, I think it's more like a comedian is a sensitive instrument in some ways and we, we're trained to, you know, poke fun at the right thing, know what's wrong in the room, where's the elephant in the room. <laughs> and so we're all used to that. We're speaking the same language, you know, so that's what okay, it was. Okay, so, but, so you, but you're, I love you're at a party. <laughs> I, don't. You're at, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, love, I love all people. I, I, anyway. But you're at a party with bankers, those fucks. Look, I lived in Greenwich, Connecticut. Okay. Well, that explains all. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> well, I was doing the Dana Carvey show. <laughs> Why does that explain a lot? I don't now know. you're digging it was just a, hole. a we just a rhythm thing. No, that's funny. That's right. That explains a lot. So it I means went to nothing. the you're I right. went it to means, the means absolutely nothing. I went to the proctologist. No. That explains a lot. No, so you're right. You that's can, the Carson rhythm. You, and also, you can just sometimes get a laugh off a of rhythm, and it doesn't have to mean anything, you know. Well, that's the best laugh. That's everything well, to me. Well, but I, I do really admire people who can write good jokes because oh, I don't write jokes oh. but people who can write really write you know I'm, I'm gonna go back to writing them in an hour I, I have a real job this you, is just my hobby so when okay now I want to the Sudsy tub has happened your day's done oh. <laughs> do you go Sudsy into a little room an office and do you unplug everything and are you got your your monologue you're working on for the show this week no monologue is or something stand up is always around bits no, my st uh, stand up. I yeah, I just got uh, off the road this weekend. Do you have a new bit that's working? Or a oh, new I got line? plenty. What's the line that's killing now? You know, you're in a joke of mine. I am. You, I name check you in a joke. That's you, awesome. You want to hear the bit? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, it's 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 at the end. Yeah. And it's at the end of my act, and it's a lot about how like. Uh, Parents overprotect their kids mm -hmm. these days, and like the, I think everything is ass backwards with parents. You know, mm -hmm. parents. I won't do all the jokes, but yeah. parents apologizing oh, yeah. to their kids. I. It's a kid centric world. It's a kid is. It it's used a to lot be a, of used, kids you know, used to have to be seen. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Ready. You know, a lot right. of hey, buddies. Yeah, they're and, cult objects. And uh, you know, and there's a thing about like, oh, they're apologizing to their own kids. You know, I let you down, buddy. You know, because dad cheated or something. This is the plot of so many movies and TV shows in this real life. This is all killing. Yeah, so yeah, my, you know, and uh, maybe when you get older and you learn what an erection is, you'll be a little more forgiving, you know. And then I talk about how like, and actually, you know, even w when people say you shouldn't think with your dick, you shouldn't let your dick run your life, mm -hmm. why not? It's going <laughs> to win anyway. That's great. Okay, so, and then so you got I, your part comes. Why? Uh, I'm like, and this is true. This all comes from the truth. Yeah. Um, and I didn't used to talk about my personal life as much as I do now. It's funny the way, so for some reason at this age, I can look back 20 years, and it's not creepy to talk about 
relationships, whereas I don't want to talk about relationships that are current right. because I'm too old. People, you have yeah. to either be married and have children or shut the fuck up. But if I say 20 years ago, so right. I would say a couple of times in my life, um, far from being a detriment, oh, I, I, I see what you're, where my, you're going. my penis actually protected me. There was a couple of times, and I won't go into detail okay. of why, but there was a couple of times when I was about to have sex mm -hmm. with someone mm -hmm. who I really should not have been having sex with. I know where it's going. <laughs> and, my, <laughs> and my penis was like, nah, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. And then I say, that's how sophisticated my dick is. It can do Dana Carvey doing George oh, Bush. Oh, God, that's great. Not, yeah. not going to do it. Not going to go there. <laughs> Penis erect, foreskin ready, thrusting hips, area willing. Going to negate it. Closing area down. Blanket on it. Sponge it down. Go out to the side. Masturbation. Take that desire down into a potted plant. Keep the plant where it is. Education. Oh. I love summing oh. things up as George Bush that, Sr. It's, it's gone to nothing is. to do with him. You know? So first of all, you, you get the timber in his voice, not just the cadence, but, you know, it really has that, it's very close to, like, close your eyes. Yeah, and, very and down here. It, it is so comedy friendly. And, just to, like, the guy who makes everything super correct mm -hmm. and right and pr right. prudent is turns out to be yeah. so Wouldn't funny be prudent at this juncture such yeah. a funny yeah. thing when you especially when you apply it to stuff like penises not gonna do it <laughs> gotta do it. he's down here obama was a tough one to do but i now i do a joke just because it made me laugh obama's now going to preschools and talking about you know public policy um jack and jill went up the hill oh that's good jack and jill went up the hill oh and Jill decided she wanted to be a Jack. <laughs> and Jack decided he wanted to be a Jill. That's a teachable moment. But that was a very that, hard one I, for me to get. I've never heard anyone do Obama. I know. You got it. I got it. You got I it. I do it all the time. That's the kind of thing I like to do. And that's, those are the reasons. I do his, his yeah. he's so brilliant when I saw him in Philadelphia, the pausing. He's got 60,000. This is before the midterms. And he'll just stop talking, and no one has, has been, you know, the thing we got to do. <laughs> and it's, you know, and you're like, what the fuck do right. we got to do? We got to come together with the people. That's a, that's yeah. a, well, that's a, a, a trick that all good orators understand. He's, yeah. Silence makes people more attentive than Lean yelling. In. Right. Yeah. They're like, yes. So this is a bit I used to do very quickly, but I said, you know, he's got the deal at Netflix. So I go, I want to go pitch a show to Obama. You know, he goes, Dana, before you pitch me the show, I like to, I had an idea for maybe a movie. I don't know if it's any good. <clears throat> a little alien comes down to Earth, befriends a little girl, spaceship leaves, he can't get home. I think that's E.T. by Spielberg. Oh, fuck me. Michelle, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> it was all, it's get all the whole thing. It's Michelle. Don't you, don't you fuck have me. a... Fuck uh, me. Michelle, uh, what do you got? <laughs> don't you have a, a sci-fi thing? A, a podcast mm -hmm. coming out that's like it's a, out now. It's it's been in the top ten oh, and yeah. What is it? We um, it's called a weird place. It's based on it's a the Twilight Zone. When I did it a, come out? It came out two weeks ago. It's, oh, for it's fuck's been sake! In, okay. Fuck me! I didn't even know. No, um, but no, it's a, you know it's a scripted audio podcast, and normally they suck. 
my two sons were the ones and their best friend a from their childhood. scripted child audio podcast. podcast. So like it's a like, radio show. Yeah, like storytelling. Holy fuck. Yeah. And it's anthology, and Rod's, Rod, I can't say Rod Serling, takes us through it. And then um, my two sons didn't want to be publicized. So they go, Dad, whenever there's celebrity kids with the dad, it sucks. Right. So they've kept it very under oh, that's wraps. that's cool. Totally. And, very um, smart. They went, we went downtown. It's like an audio feature film, really. It, it, it took it to a new level. You just have to hear it. So it's an hour? Uh, it's, it's 90 minutes of content. There's wow. a, a talking weird companion piece where Rod interviews people. But and you do one a week of those? No, it's just, it's just like an album. We just, we just did five episodes, oh. and we're just seeing what the reaction is. But um, it's a, one of the funnest things I've ever worked on. So yeah. let's examine this. Like... Let's unpack you, it. No. Here, not, no here's what I want. Some packet. Got to unpack it. Here's what I want to unpack. probing, post suds time. <laughs> got to get to his notes. Dana, late, cold water, shut down. Go ahead. You got me on a roll here with, with my friend, my good friend, Bush Sr. Uh, so um, I always am curious, like, when, what gets on my radar, what gets on other people's radar, yeah. why something does, why something doesn't. What the people, whoever was... You obviously wanted people to yeah, be aware of this. We, we I'm, a big, with, I'm a big fan of yours. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, of course, I get busy and I catch up on things like I'm in the middle of the end of my season. So it's like the last four shows. It should have reached you, to your point. That's like, right. Where did they fall down in me not... Good point. It's We did it with Team Coco, Conan O'Brien's company. Yeah, sure. And we're going to keep marketing it. We're going to have billboards. Yeah. Oh, they're good. Yeah, so I just think it's hard to break through. But it's, It is. It's hard to... Yeah, you just assume everyone knows. Like, well, I'm assuming every human being will see me on this. And then you're like, you go on another part. Right, There's just too not. much, you know. You know. And we're also just... Unlike when we were little kids and we watched Ed Sullivan. Yeah. Which the whole... Con- I mean, it was a variety show... We're something for everybody because everybody watched one show. Yeah. And now we're at the complete opposite. Yeah. We're so splintered that nobody knows what anybody else. I mean, there are yeah. TikTokers who are giant stars yeah. that we have no idea who they are. And th- those handsome people kid, don't know Burt Lancaster. Handsome kid on Instagram that kind of just, oh, his name's Brian. He opens jars of pickles. Why and he's you, doing seven figures. Why are you watching? Gervitz told me. <laughs> why am I watching the handsome kid? Why are you watching handsome young men? <laughs> no, this is what I've heard of. But the point is, for young people, <laughs> there's so many people on OnlyFans squatting in their pants. A woman who just squats in her panties oh. with high heels, making 500000 a month. The whole thing is so distorted now. I, I, and, you know, when we grew up, in my day we had, you know, that... Besides Tiny Tim, everyone was talented. <laughs> Tiny, Tim. Tiny Tim was a novelty. He would have been great in this right. era. But everyone was talented. Perry Como could really sing, you know? And Don Rickles right. was really funny. So that's okay. We're just from another era. But what well, we, there's something we well, miss from Well, there are it. very talented people in this era, too. Oh, but, as well. But you right. don't, it's not necessary. But, it's But also, like, the probably, the I would say, of all the great pop culture quotes from our era and when we were kids, the one that really turned out to be most prescient was Andy Warhol, everybody will be famous for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That thing, way before way before social media or anything, was very prescient. Yeah. That we will really spread this shit out <laughs> so that everybody has some follower. I mean, well, followers it, are really famous. It will be way more than 15 minutes. That's the only thing he'd probably... But, but 
Because here's the thing, Bill. Can I call you Bill? <laughs> There's five billion in the digital world that you and I can access. Five There's billion. Five billion people in Asia and Africa and Western Europe and Canada and South America. You know, you get you look at your metrics or someone does for this podcast. You got fans in Luxembourg and Iran and Really? It's all over the world, yeah. So <laughs> if you can do if you can get forty thousand people to give you five bucks a month because you amuse right. them on a paywall, right. you're making three million right there. Really? Yeah. Oh. It adds up. Five, you know, five times two hundred thousand or two and a half million. So there's people that I know of that no one's ever heard of that made their own little kingdom that you've done here right. and are making about five million a year. They don't have an agent manager. They're not in the system. It's, They're not on talk right. shows. It seems it's just like happening we're, now. We're moving. Yeah. Like if you graphed it, like or illustrated like from the beginning when there's this one person on stage or a couple of people and then yeah. there's a giant audience and slowly yeah, more of the couple, audience yeah. then there's 10,000 people and then one, the stage yeah. sinks yeah, that's right <laughs> because that's there's it. too many there's too much weight and then it just collapses and then collapses and eventually that, rebuilds is that, but i thought of this 15 years ago when this first started happening i thought can i get a million people to give me a buck a month and I'll just do shit for them. Oh, yeah. But that has now come to fruition in the last five years, and there's people doing that. I would pick so. up the tabs of, like, hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of those people just to see you do shit for me. Wow. All right. Okay. I got to go. We did it. Club. You're the kind of person that's like secretly super likable. I'm supposedly a nice guy, but I'm kind of an asshole. <laughs>